0: Chapter Twenty Part Two of Pilgrimage to Al Madinah and Mecca. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Twenty Part Two of Personal Narrative of a Pilgrimage to Al Madinah and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. The Visitation of Hamza's Tomb. Part Two on the left of the road north of the fumura and leading to the mountains stands hamza's mosque which like the harem of al madina is a mausoleum as well as a fane it is a small strongly built square of hoon stone with a dome covering the solitary hypostyle of the south and the usual minaret the westward wing is a savia or oratory frequented by the celebrated sufi and saint mohammed al samman the clarified butter-seller one of whose blood the reader will remember stood by my side in the person of shaykh hamid footnote a sawiya in northern africa resembles the takia of india persia and egypt being a monastery for derwishes who reside there singly or in numbers a mosque and sometimes according to the excellent practice of al-islam a school are attached to it. And a footnote. On the eastern side of the building, a half-wing projects, and a small door opens to the south. Upon a mastaba, or stone bench, five or six feet high, this completes the square of the edifice. On the right of the road, opposite Hamza's mosque, is a large erection, now in ruins, containing a deep hole leading to a well, with huge platforms for the accommodation of travellers, beyond towards the mountains are the small edifices presently to be described some turkish women were sitting veiled upon the shady platform opposite the mattress mosque at a little distance their husbands and the servants holding horses and asses lay upon the ground and a large crowd of bedouin boys girls and old women had gathered around to beg draw water and sell dry dates They were awaiting the guardian, who had not yet acknowledged the summons. After half an hour's vain patience, we determined to proceed with these ceremonies. Ascended by its steps the mastaba, subtending half the eastern wall, Shaykh Hamid placed me so as to front the tomb. There, standing in the burning sun, we repeated the following prayer. Peace be upon thee, O our Lord Hamza, o paternal uncle of allah's apostle o paternal uncle of allah's prophet peace be upon thee o paternal uncle of mustapha peace be upon thee o prince of the martyrs o prince of the happy peace be upon thee o lion of allah o lion of his prophet after which we asked hamza and his companions to lend us their aid in obtaining for us an hour's pardon worldly prosperity and future happiness scarcely had we finished when mounted on a high trotting dromedary appeared the emissary of muhammad khalifa descendant of al abbas who keeps the key of the mosque and who receives the fees and donations of the devout it was to be opened for the turkish pilgrims i waited to see the interior the arab drew forth from his pouch with abundant solemnity a bunch of curiously made keys and sharply directed me to stand away from, and out of sight of, the door. When I obeyed, grumblingly, he began to rattle the locks, and to snap the padlocks, opening them slowly, shaking them, and making as much noise as possible. The reason of the precaution—it sounded like poetry, if not sense—is this. It is believed that the souls of martyrs, leaving the habitations of their senseless clay, are fond of sitting together in spiritual converse, and profane eye must not fall upon the scene. Footnote. Some historians relate that forty-six years after the Battle of Ohot, the tombs were laid bare by a torrent, when the corpses appeared in their winding sheets as if buried the day before. Some had their hands upon their death wounds, from which fresh blood trickled when the pressure was forcibly removed. In opposition to this Moslem theory, we have that of the modern Greeks, namely that if the body be not decomposed within a year it shows that the soul is not where it should be and a footnote what grand pictures these imaginative arabs say conceive the majestic figures of the saints for the soul with mohammedans is like the old european spirit as something immaterial in the shape of a body with long grey beards earnest faces and solemn eyes reposing beneath the palms, and discussing events now buried in the gloom of a thousand years. I would fain be hard upon this superstition, but shame prevents, when in Nottingham eggs may not be carried out after sunset, when Ireland hears banshees, or apparitional old women with streaming hair, and dressed in blue mantles, when Scotland sees a shroud about a person, showing his approaching death, when France has her loup-garou, revenants and poule du vendredi saint it est hence hatched on good friday supposed to change color every year as long as the holy goat cures devotees at treves madonna's wink at rimini san januario melts at naples and adolorat and estatiche make converts to hysteria at rome whilst the virgin manifests herself to children on the alps and in france whilst germany sends forth psychography whilst europe the civilized, the enlightened, the sceptical, dotes over clairvoyance and table turning, and whilst even hard headed America believes in mediums, in snail telegraphs, and spirit wrappings, I must hold the men of Almadina to be as wise, and their superstition to be as respectable as that of others. Footnote In fairness I must confess to believing in the reality of these phenomena, but not in their spiritual origin. And But the realities of Hamza's mosque have little to recommend them. The building is like that of Cuba, only smaller, and the hypostyle is hung with oil lamps and ostrich eggs, the usual paltry furniture of an Arab mausoleum. On the walls are a few modern inscriptions and frame poetry, written in a calligraphic hand. Beneath the rivak lies Hamza, under a mass of black basaltic stone, resembling that of Aden, only more porous and scorous convex at the top, like a heap of earth, without the kiswa, or cover of a saint's tomb, and railed round with wooden bars. Footnote. In the common tombs of martyrs, saints, and holy men, this covering is usually of green cloth, with long white letters sewn upon it. I forgot to ask whether it was temporarily absent from Hamza's grave. And a footnote. At his head, or westward, lies Abdullah bin Yaish, a name little known to fame, under a plain whitewashed tomb, also convex, and in the courtyard is a similar pile, erected over the remains of Shamas bin Osman, another obscure companion. Footnote. All these erections are new. In Burkert's time they were mere heaps of earth, with a few loose stones placed around them, I do not know what has become of the third murderer, said to have been interred near Hamza. Possibly some day he may reappear. Meanwhile, the people of Almadina are so wealthy and saints that they can well afford to lose sight of one. End of footnote. We then passed through a door in the northern part of the western wall, and saw a diminutive palm plantation and a well, after which we left the mosque, and I was under the fatal necessity of paying a dollar for the honour of entering it, but the guardian promised that the chapter Y.S. of Al-Iklas should be recited for my benefit, the latter forty times, and if their efficacy be one-twentieth part of what men say it is, the reader cannot quote against me a certain popular proverb concerning an order of men easily parted from their money. Issuing from the mosque, we advanced a few paces toward the mountain, On our left we passed by, at a respectful distance, for the Turkish Hadjis cried out that their women were engaged in ablution, a large sari, or tank, built of cut stone with steps, and intended to detain the overflowing waters of the torrent. The next place we prayed at was a small square, enclosed with dwarf whitewashed walls, containing a few graves denoted by ovals of loose stones, thinly spread upon the ground this is primitive arab simplicity the bedouins still mark the places of their dead with four stones planted at the head the feet and the sides in the centre the earth is either heaped up musanlam it est like the hump of a camel or more generally left musatta level i therefore suppose that the latter was the original shape of the prophet's tomb within the enclosure certain martyrs of the holy army were buried After praying there, we repaired to a small building, still nearer to the foot of the mountain. It is the usual cupola, springing from the four square walls, not in the best preservation. Here the Prophet prayed, and it is called the Kubat al-Sanya, Dome of the Front Teeth, from the following circumstance. Five infidels were bound by oath to slay Mohammed at the Battle of Ohot. One of these, Im through so many stones and with such goodwill that two rings of the prophet's helmet were driven into his cheeks and blood poured from his brow down his mustachios which he wiped with a cloak to prevent the drops falling to the ground then Utba bin abi Wakas hurled a stone at him which splitting his lower lip knocked out one of his front teeth on the left of the mirab inserted low in the wall is a square stone upon which Shaiq Hamid showed me the impression of a tooth. He kissed it with peculiar reverence, and so did I. But the boy Mohammed, being by me, objurgated, for I remarked in him a jaunty demeanour combined with the neglectfulness of ceremonies, saluted it sulkily, muttering the wild hints about the holiness of his birthplace, exempting him from the trouble of stooping. Already he had appeared at the Harim without his juba, and with ungirt loins, in waistcoat and shirt-sleeves moreover he had conducted himself indecorously by nudging shai Hamid's sides during divine service feeling that the youth's moral man was like his physical under my charge and determined to arrest a course of conduct which must have ended in obtaining for me the master the reputation of a son of belial i insisted upon his joining us in the customary two-bow prayers and Saad, the demon, taking my side of the question, with his usual alacrity, when a disturbance was in prospect, the youth found it necessary to yield. After this little scene, Sheikh Hamid pointed out a sprawling inscription blessing the companions of the Prophet. The unhappy Abu Bakr's name had been half effaced by some fanatic Shia, a circumstance which seemed to arouse all the evil in my companion's nature, and, looking close at the wall, I found a line, of Persian verse to this effect. I am wary of my life, Umr, because it bears the name of Umar. Footnote. In the Persian characters the word Umar, life, and Umar, the name of the hated caliph, are written in the same way, which explains the pun. End of footnote. We English wanderers are beginning to be shamed out of our vulgar habit of scribbling names and nonsense in noted spots yet the practice is both classical and oriental. The Greeks and Persians left their marks everywhere, as Egypt chose, and the paws of the swings bear scratches which, being interpreted, are found to be the same manner of trash as that written upon the remains of Thebes, in A.D. 1879, and Easterns appear never to enter a building with a white wall, without indicting upon it platitudes in verse and prose. Influenced by these considerations, i drew forth a pencil and inscribed in the kubat al abdullah the servant of allah anuhegriye 1269 issuing from the dome we turned a few paces to the left passed northwards and thus blessed the martyrs of ohot peace be upon ye o martyrs peace be upon ye o blessed ye pious ye pure who fought upon allah's path the good fight who worshipped your lord until he brought you to certainty footnote that is to say to the hour of death and a footnote peace be upon you of whom allah said verily repute not them slain on god's path it is warring with infidels nay rather they are alive and there is no fear upon them nor are they sorrowful peace be upon ye o martyrs of ohot one and all and the mercy of Allah and his blessings. Then again we moved a few paces forward, and went through a similar ceremony, supposing ourselves to be in the cave that sheltered the Apostle. After which, returning towards the torrent bed, by the way we came, we stood a small distance from the cupola called Kobat al-Masra. It resembles that of the front teeth, and notes, as its name proves, the place where the gallant Hamza fell by the spear of Washi the slave. Footnote. When Jubair bin Mutim was marching to Ohot, according to the Rauzat al Safa, in revenge for the death of his uncle Taymar, he offered manumission to his slave Washi, who was noted for the use of the Abyssinian spear, if he slew Hamza. The slave sat in ambush behind a rock and when the hero had dispatched one bin Abtal Lais of Mecca, he threw a javelin which pierced his navel and came out of his back. The wounded man advanced towards his assassin, who escaped. Hamza then fell, and his friends coming up found him dead. While she waited till he saw an opportunity, drew the javelin from the body and mutilated it, in order to present trophies to the ferocious Hinda, mother of Muavia whose father, Utbah, had been slain by Hamza. The Amazon insisted upon seeing the corpse. Having presented her necklace and bracelets to Washi, she supplied their place with the nose, the ears, and other parts of the dead hero. After mangling the body in a disgusting manner, she ended by tearing open the stomach and biting the liver, whence she was called Akalat Alakbat. When Muhammad saw the state of his father's brother, he was sadly moved presently comforted by the inspirations brought by Gabriel, he cried, It is written among the people of the seven heavens, Hamza, son of Muttalib, is the line of Allah, and the line of his prophet, and ordered him to be shrouded and prayed over him, beginning, says the jazbal kulub, with seventy repetitions of Allah Akbar. Ali had brought in his shield some water for Muhammad, from maras or stone trough, which stood near the scene of action but the prophet refused to drink it and washed with it the blood from the face of him martyred by the side of the maras it was of the moslems slain at ohot according to abu Daoud, that the prophet declared that their souls should be carried into the crops of green birds that they might drink the waters and taste the fruits of paradise and nestle beneath the golden lamps that hang from the celestial ceiling he also forbade on this occasion the still popular practice of mutilating an enemy's corpse, and a footnote. We faced towards it and finished the ceremonies of the siyarat by a supplication, the testification, and the fatia. In the evening, I went with my friends to the harem. The minaret galleries were hung with lamps, and the inside of the temple was illuminated. It was crowded with hajjis, amongst whom were many women. A circumstance which struck me from its being unusual. Footnote. The Prophet preferred women and young boys to pray privately, and in some parts of Al-Islam they are not allowed to join a congregation. At al Madina, however, it is no longer, as in Burkitt's time, a thought very indecorous in women to enter the mosque. And a footnote. Some pious pilgrims, who had duly paid for the privilege, were perched upon ladders Trimming wax candles of vast dimensions, others were laying up for themselves rewards in Paradise by performing the same office to the lamps. Many were going through the ceremonies of Ziyarat, and not a few were sitting in different parts of the mosque apparently overwhelmed with emotion. The boys and the beggars were inspired with fresh energy. The akhwat were gruffer and surlier than I had ever seen them, and the young men about town walked and talked with a freer and easier demeanor than usual my old friends the persians there were about one thousand two hundred of them in the hajj caravan attracted my attention the doorkeepers stopped them with curses as they were about to enter and claimed from each the sum of five piastres whilst other muslims were allowed to enter the mosque free unhappy men they had lost all the shiraz swagger their mustachios dropped pitiably their eyes would not look anyone in the face and not a head bore a cap struck upon it crookedly. Whenever an Najami, whatever might be his rank, stood in the way of an Arab or a Turk, he was rudely thrust aside, with abuse muttered loud enough to be heard by all around. All eyes followed them as they went through the ceremonies of Ziyarat, especially as they approached the tombs of Abu Bakr and Omar, which every man is bound to defile if he can, and the supposed place of Fatima's burial here they stood in parties after praying before the prophet's window one read from a book the pathetic tale of the lady's life sorrows and mourning death whilst the others listened to him with breathless attention sometimes their emotion was too strong to be repressed Ay, fatima i muslima why why o fatima o thou injured one alas alas burst involuntarily from their lips despite the danger of such exclamations. Tears trickled down their hairy cheeks, and their brawny bosoms heaved with sobs. A strange sight it was to see rugged fellows, mountaineers perhaps, or the fierce iliads of the plains, sometimes weeping silently like children, sometimes shrieking like hysteric girls, and utterly careless to conceal a grief so coarse and grisly, at the same time so true and real, that I knew not how to behold it then the satanic scowls with which they passed by or pretended to pray at the hated omar's tomb with what curses their hearts are belying those mouths full of blessings how they are internally canonizing fairuz the persian slave who stabbed omar in the mosque and praying for his eternal happiness in the presence of the murdered man sticks and stones however and not unfrequently the knife and the sabre have taught them the hard lesson of disciplining their feelings and nothing but a furious contraction of the brow a roll of the eye intensely vicious and a twitching of the muscles about the region of the mouth denote the wild storm of wrath within they generally too manage to discharge some part of their passion in words hail omar thou hog exclaims some fanatic madani as he passes by the heretic a demand more outraging than requiring a red-hot, black-north Protestant to bless the Pope. Oh Allah, hell him!' meekly responds the Persian, changing the benediction to a curse most intelligible to, and most delicious, in his fellow's ears. An evening hour in the steamy heart of the harem was equal to half a dozen afternoons, and I left it, resolved never to revisit it, till the Hajj departed from al Madina it was only prudent not to see much of the ajamis and as i did so somewhat ostentatiously my companions discovered that the Sheikh abdullah having slain many of those heretics in some war or other was avoiding them to escape retaliation in proof of my generalistic qualities the rolling down of the water-jar upon the heads of the maghribi pilgrims in the golden thread was quoted and all offered to fight for me a Lutrance, I took care not to contradict the report. End of chapter twenty, part two.